The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Ross, we're brought to you by our NBA Playoff Survivor Challenge. We're giving away $250 in cash and a $100 gift card to the SGPN store. Sign up exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, April 11th, currently 11.05 on the East Coast, here to handicap the two play-in tournament games we have going on in the association tonight. Got the Atlanta Hawks visiting the Miami Heat and the Minnesota Timberwolves taking on the Los Angeles Lakers and helping me to break it all down here for today's episode. You guys know him as the voice of the tennis gambling podcast, the NFL gambling podcast, the WNBA gambling podcast. And of course here on the NBA gambling podcast, it's Scott studio, right? Show Scott, what's going on, my man. And nothing much. Looking forward to the official start of postseason basketball today, not officially playoff basketball, but, but postseason basketball. And hopefully uh, we got a couple of good games tonight. I'm not sure if we're going to. We'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, definitely a nice uh, – I don't want to say surprise because we saw it coming, but it's a nice result to finally get through the grueling regular season because, you know, you're tired of seeing which players are going to sit out randomly at the last minute, which player, which player props you have to deep dive and try to find replacements for. We should have, for the most part – Fully healthy teams, or at least fully operational teams. Not so much with Minnesota. We'll talk about that for different reasons, but still. Should be a pretty fun next couple months. So looking forward to it. Yep, 100%. And also joining us here, of course, on the Tuesday episodes. You guys know him as the man. It's Delonte Smith. Delonte, I see you are already in playoff mode, my man. Playoff Delonte is here. Yeah, man, I'm in playoff mode, uh, ready to go. Uh uh, officially not playoffs yet, but somewhat, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to these two games. Um, like Scott said, hopefully hopefully uh, they'll be worth our while. But if not, still can make some money off of it. So that's the beauty of gambling. Yeah, we uh, we got we got the two playing tournaments, like we said. And like Scott alluded to, I think 98% of these teams are at full strength. I know we'll talk about Minnesota and the guys that they will be missing and how it's kind of going to affect them um, on the floor when we get to the Lakers game. But yeah, man, it was a grueling regular season. Kind of, I think the most adventurous part, I think all of us could probably agree was just, just going through the injury reports every single day. Um, but, you know, now we're down to what the eight to 20 teams. Is that right? Yeah. With 16, well, 16, yeah, right. yeah, sorry, 16, 16, um, and then the two extra teams. So mm-hmm. for the playing tournaments, at least. So, you know, by the time Saturday comes around, we'll know who the matchups are. And then as of tonight, we'll know who the number two seeds in each conference are playing here uh, tonight. So definitely looking forward to the playoffs, guys. Um, so, I mean, do you guys have anything to add or want to mention before we get into the games here for tonight, Delonte? Anything? Uh, nah, man, I don't. Scott, do you have anything? Despite everything that's already happened with Minnesota over the past, you know, few days with the Gobert incident and with McDaniels punching a wall, they really have the nerve to list Carl Anthony Towns questionable in a postseason <laughs> game. Really? I saw that yesterday. I think it was like last night where they listed him as questionable with the calf injury. But right. uh, I mean, we're I think we're going to go and make the assumption that he is going to be playing here tonight. But um, yeah, before we dive into the two games here for tonight, guys, let me uh, tell everyone about Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've ever ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. 
Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given away the best uh, deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shady the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. And also, we have a contest for the NBA playoffs. It's completely free to enter. It's an NBA playoff survivor challenge. The winner gets $250 in cash and a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively. It's free to enter, but only on the SGPN app. All right, guys, let's get into the two games here for tonight. The first game on the board, it is going to be the Eastern Conference matchup, (coughs) excuse me, between the seventh and eighth seeds, the Atlanta Hawks. They are going to be visiting the Miami Heat down in South Beach. Currently, the line is sitting at minus five in favor of the Miami Heat. Total is currently sitting at 228. Um, Nothing really significant on the injury report. Uh, Let me just kind of quickly go through it if there is anything. Uh, For the Miami Heat, Kyle Lowry is actually questionable here tonight. He has left knee soreness. Max Struess is probable, and we know Nikola, Nikola Jovic is out. For the Atlanta Hawks, pretty clean injury report. Everybody is a go in this game. Uh, Scott, lead us off here with the Miami Heat laying five points, hosting the Atlanta Hawks. So the problem in this game is the fact that Miami is laying points at home, but Atlanta is getting points on the road, and Atlanta is <laughs> not good on the road. So you got to pick something, or potentially it lands five and nobody wins. But I think for this one, I'm going to lean to Miami. I don't feel great about it. But at least Miami, when they tried against Philadelphia earlier last week, which you can argue Philly no-showed the game because they beat Boston. I get all that. At least Miami's shown me something. Atlanta, I just cannot get behind. Trey Young was not very good down the stretch of the season. He had a couple of decent games towards the end end of the season, but for the most part, he left a lot to be desired in a decent amount of those games. But it's mostly just the fact that the Heat kind of own this team. And they have for a while. They went three and one in the head-to-head this past year. And even going back to the playoffs last year, they destroyed Atlanta. You can really go back a while. Miami's had a lot of success against this team. And you're looking at what the Hawks are going to try to do to really limit Miami. Do they have a guy that can actually match up well defensively against Jimmy Butler? Probably not. But you look at what the Heat have done so successfully when they play against Atlanta, they constantly shut down Trey Young. They're able to force him into making a bunch of mistakes. The turnovers for Trey are usually really, really just painful to look at if you're an unbiased fan looking at the actual box score because he might have six turnovers in this game. He tends to struggle with actual assists in this game, so there's no guarantee he'll get a double-double. But we know Atlanta defensively has not been a good unit all season long. And with Jimmy Butler in playoff mode, with Adebayo still being a solid center, and with a pretty decent supporting cast, and at least I'd put it this way, I think Miami's depth is better than Atlanta's depth, and I don't think it's that close. I'm going to lean to the Heat here at home. I'm hoping the home crowd in a playoff game will give them a nice little boost that they need. But it's mostly the fact that I think the Heat at least have a different gear to them, which separates them in playoff basketball from the Hawks. I don't think the Hawks have really any type of different gear. I think this is who they are. They need to outscore you. They're not going to really get many stops. I'm going to lean Miami at home because historically speaking, they have done very, very well against this Hawks team. And it's most because of their great defense against Trae Young. Uh, Jelante, what do you got for this game? 
Yeah, I'm probably going to lean to Atlanta, but like Scott said, it's kind of pick your poison. Um, Atlanta's 18 and 24 ATS on the road. Miami is 14, 25 and 2 ATS at home. Uh, they struggle as favorites, 20, 36 and 3 uh, as a favorite. Uh, it pretty much just boils down to like what can DeJounte give you because it's pretty well known that Trey struggles against Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he only averaged 15 in. Uh, a 15 per game in the playoff series. And like Spolstra has a, a knack for just shutting him down. So what can DeJounte Murray give you? Uh, can he, you know, take care of the, the ball and, and do some scoring for you? That's really what I'm banking on that. And I mean, th- they have to push the tempo. They, they can't get into a half court thing with Miami. They'll get beat up uh, their top, 15 in points per possession in transitions, and they thrive off steals, the top team in points per possession off steals. Miami is, you know, a slower pace team. They want to slow it down. But, I mean, just the recent history would just, you know, sway you to Miami, so I don't fault anybody for going with Miami. Uh, they cover – each team covered twice. I know I know one of us was on the the good end of that DeJounte Murray shot. Was it you, Scott? I'm um, trying to think. You remember it was it, it was oh, like yeah the last the one he yeah hit he was the last second he were up four I think and Dejounte Murray hit like a three quarter shot to put it on one. I was gonna say that I don't I don't think that was that might have been Terrell. I don't think oh, that okay, was yeah. meant. Yeah, but so I mean they were that close to covering three three out of four against him. So and it was it was pretty much at full strength. I think on three six Love and Lowry didn't play. Uh, Lowry didn't play on three four or one sixteen. And then early in the season Jimmy Capella and uh, Bogdan didn't play. But I think Atlanta can – they just got to get out and score. Um, I think Capella and um, Onyeka have good days on the glass. Uh, they just got to match that pace. They just got to – they got to turn up the pace for them. And uh, I don't love it, as you can tell, but uh, I'm going to lean with Miami – I mean, with Atlanta plus the points. Well, I do want to ask briefly, uh, just in general, how much stock do you put into previous seasons of – either playoff matchups or regular season head-to-head, even in this year, do you think any of that actually matters? Because we know playoff basketball is a different animal, and based on Atlanta's new coaching staff with Quinn Snyder there, for example, instead of uh, Nate McMillan, do you put any stock into the previous years of Miami just dominating Atlanta all the time? Uh, well... I really, like you said, it's a lot of change. I usually try to look at things from, like, if everything was the same. Obviously, everything yeah. wasn't the same in, you know, in this matchup because Snyder wasn't the coach. But for all of those matchups, well, for two of the matchups, you know, McMillan was still the coach. Yeah, so that, that's why I'm asking because yeah, I know so, that in most cases you try to look for matchups where the variables haven't mm-hmm. exactly changed much throughout the entire season. But it's food for thought. I am kind of curious if you put any stock into it because yeah, just, I just kinda, a little. While. I kind of do a little bit, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Yeah, I just I do a little bit more so just like how they how each other how each uh, player plays against that opposing um, yeah. defense. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, Spolstra and the Heat's defense is it's not going to change. They they have something that they do with Trey where he just can't shake them. But the difference is, like you, you were saying, the variables have changed. Now he has Dejounte who can handle the ball, who can score, so he doesn't have to have that full scoring load in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Lowry's a year older. Not going to be able to move around with either of those guys. Hasn't he? He didn't play. He's the only person that didn't play. He didn't play in three of the four games this year. So, like you said, that's a little bit in it. I more so try to look at what each player did. Like Bam dominated the matchup for no matter who was on the court, no matter who was the coach, he dominated the matchup. Um, but yes, things like that I kind of take into a little bit of a consideration. But unless it's you know like apples to apples, I don't try to put too too much in it. What about you, Manoff? You put any stock into it? I think for me, I, I wanted to ask you guys this kind of a follow-up question to what you said is that now that they have Quinn Snyder on the sideline, does that ha- change your opinion about kind of the coaching that's happened for the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs in particular when they had maybe Lloyd Pierce or Nate McMillan on the sideline? Do you think Quinn Snyder's a better coach just because he has the experience. I know he hasn't gotten it done really with Utah in the playoffs, but does that sway you in one way or another that makes him better or worse for the Atlanta Hawks? 
My answer is going to be no, uh, because McMillan made it to an Eastern Conference Finals. You can argue that they were a bit fortunate that, you know, the Sixers had a massive implosion. They blew a couple of double-digit leads. Uh, you had the Ben Simmons situation with that layup in Game 7. Like There, yeah. there were some other variables at play, but Atlantis okay. got the job done. It doesn't really play that much of a factor for me, because what, you just said the main point. What has Quinn Snyder ever won in the playoffs? Yeah. Does he does he have a good resume in the playoffs? Not really. So no. I don't think that really changes much. Okay. I'm leaning to Miami mostly because of the fact that I just feel like Miami throughout the entire regular season, it felt like they were going through the motions. It mm-hmm. felt like they were kind of just like, oh, we've been here before. Who cares? Like we'll figure it out. We'll get into the playoffs or the play-in. We'll flip a switch and we'll end up looking like the team we used to be. Yeah. Whether they do or not, it's a separate story. But it did feel like mentally, Miami was kind of just waiting for the playoffs to start. I think this is who Atlanta is. I just think that they're a high scoring, no defensive team. It's going to pray that Trey Young gets back on track. And historically speaking, he has not gone on track against Miami in big games. So yeah. I'm leaning to Miami. And I think the one weakness of the Miami Heat's defense this year was actually their three-point defense because they were the third-worst team as far as makes allowed. So, I mean, I'm kind of looking at it from an X's and O standpoint, like you guys have been talking about some of the stats, that I think that if if the Atlanta Hawks are able to knock down their shots uh, from three-point uh, three line, I think that may just be a difference here of them covering the game or possibly even winning outright, right? But also on the flip side, you took Atlanta's defense points out the paint. They were the second worst. So I think that kind of alludes to why I think Delonte mentioned that Bam out of bios had had success against this Atlanta Hawks interior defense, uh, even despite that them having, you know, Clint Capella, who's somewhat, I guess I would say of a rim protection and rebounder. John Collins, we know, doesn't play very much defense. I, I think I'm kind of looking at, if the Hawks are able to knock down their three-point shots here tonight, I think they definitely do have a chance to win this game outright. Um, for Miami, like you mentioned, Scott, that, hey, we've been here how many years in a row? We made it to the NBA Finals during the bubble year. Um, so, again, they have the experience. And, again, let's not forget that Miami, what, beat this Heat team last – oh, sorry, Miami beat this Hawks team last year. In the playoffs in five and games. Near where Jimmy Butler transitioned three away from beating Boston. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when we talk about we would get to the playoffs or play in, I mean, it's pretty much a playoff game because you win and you get into the playoffs. You trust guys like Jimmy Butler more in those situations. And I think that experience as well, you trusted better. I'm, I, I again, like you guys said, I don't feel great about it either side. Um, I'm going to take the points with Atlanta, hoping that they they have a good shooting night. But would I be surprised that the Miami Heat come into their uh, come into this game here tonight on their home floor and win by 10 points and just clamp down on Trey Young and DeJounte Murray? No, I won't be surprised. But I'll take the points here at plus five. Um, let's get over to the total. That's currently sitting at 228. Uh, Delonte, what's your thoughts on the total here? I think it's correlated. If you like Atlanta, you got to like the over. If you like the heat, you got to like the under. I mean, simply because yeah. of pace. Uh, Hawks top five in pace. They're fourth, actually, and Miami is 29th in pace. So, I mean, honestly, it's weird because Miami is so slow and methodical, but their half-court offense is so trash. Like, I don't, I don't get how yeah. they have success, but – Whatever they do, I guess because Jimmy Butler just gets to the line and and, po- and posts people up and, and scores whenever he wants at at certain times. But yeah, I lean to the over. Um, I think that Jimmy will get to the line, you know, 13, 14 times. I think he's been to the line double digit times in two of the last three games or two of the three games that he's played um, the Hawks this season. And I mean, more off like we we got to be on the Hawks making shots. They got to make shots if, if yeah. they're gonna cover this number. Um, Miami has been playing a little bit better offensively. Not much, but I mean, even heroes struggling. So, I mean, maybe we get some offense going. Uh, the I don't think the home court is, I don't think Miami has any home court at all, like maybe a little. But I mean, what people are going to be coming from the beach at what this is at seven, is yeah, seven? at seven Eastern, yeah, man. they just going to be coming from or the beach. 30 Eastern, yeah, they won't get there until like halftime. So, I don't think home court plays a big part of it. Uh, I think both teams come out offensively and and let it fly. So, I'll let you over. Scott, total? I'm going to go with the under. 
Uh, I think it is correlated, as you said before, and I'm leaning to Miami, so I'm going to lean to the under. Besides the fact that Miami historically has been able to get Trey Young out of his comfort zone pretty easily, I believe last year all of the playing games went under. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, it would be a possibility. I believe I so. I'm, I'm pretty sure all the playing games ended up going under last year. So as a result, I am going to go with the under. We always talk about playoff basketball, and it sounds cliched, but the main thing I'll point out is that it seems like every possession matters more, so you're not going to see a lot of really awful defensive position uh, possessions in transition. I think both teams will do a better job of at least maintaining focus and forcing the opponent to actually make some passes and to not give up any free opportunities. You might get a couple of wide-open layups in transition, but for the most part, I think you'll see both teams give a more concerted effort to not giving up free points throughout the entire game like we have seen in pretty much every regular season game this year. Mm -hmm. Miami's going to try to slow it down, and I think you'll end up seeing this game turn into a bit more of a rock fight than people think. Mm -hmm. But there's a couple ways to get there because on one hand, the pace slows down and the game potentially dies. Or on the other hand, Miami wins because they shut down Trey Young and I'm daring other guys in Atlanta to actually step up. And I'm not sure if they're going to. So... I'm going to go with the under because, uh, once again, I'm pretty sure every play-in game last year went under, including um, the uh, loser of the 7-8 versus the winner of the 9-10. I believe that game went under as well in both conferences. You had a couple of totals in like the mid-230s, which ended up going under. But still, I think based on history, uh, these play-in games have been pretty low scoring. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, so uh, before you go, Moon, off my bad. Um, uh, the Pelicans Clippers last year, uh, 206, that went under. Uh, Hawks Cavs, um, 208, that went under. The only one that went over was the Hawks Hornets. That was uh, 235. Okay. And that one, um, and that was I forgot where that landed, but Charlotte only scored like 100 points. They just gave yeah, up 103. Yeah, 103. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how yeah. so out of all the playing games, only one went over, correct? Uh, yeah, I think the I guess it depends on what number from you last got. year. Yeah, 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 yeah. From I think it depends on what number you got in the um in the Spurs Pelicans game. If I'm not okay. mistaken, I remember that one. I believe went under because that total was like mid to high two thirties, and I think it barely went under. I think yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would. I mean, if you like Atlanta, like. Delonte said, but I mean, last year the Hawks were in the playing tournament, and I think they won both of their games. As I don't know if they were the obviously they were ninth or tenth seed, but yeah, they were favored against uh, against Charlotte. Yeah, so they they put up 132 against Charlotte, and then they won a 107-101 game against the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll lean with the under as well. I think that Atlanta can attempt to play defense, but we'll see about that tonight. Uh, all right, let's get into some player props here for the game uh, tonight. Uh, Delonte, lead us off player props. What do you like? Yeah, man, honestly, I think player props are probably the best way to bet the like the playoffs because simply because, I mean, we all know NBA is going to have swings. Um, in-game and player props are probably the best way to profit, in my opinion, from um, – from the playoffs, especially to play in if you don't like these games or whatever. But um, I like Bam over points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, it is 32 and a half. Um, he's, he averaged 24 and a half, nine and a half, and four in four games this year. So mm-hmm. he's flying over that. That if By my calculations, that would be 36 PRA uh, per game in four games this year. Now, one of those games he did play without Jimmy, but the other three he pretty much dominated in it also. Um, I like Hero under 20 and a half points. He struggled against Atlanta, only scored over 20 in three of his uh, 13 career playoff games. I mean, 13 career games against Atlanta. Uh, he's averaging 14.7 in four matchups this year. So he's been struggling from deep as of late anyway. So I think some of the length of Atlanta um, bothers him. So I'll go under uh, Hero. Capella over 10 and a half rebounds. He has been dominant against the Heat. Against the uh, the Heat, he's had double figures in four of seven games uh, since he's been in Atlanta, averaging eleven point four rebounds per game. He's had a double double in five of those seven. So uh, those are the three I like the most. Okay, um, Scott, player props. 
I do want to point out one thing. It's not a prop I'm going to take, but I want to at least bring it up. I think Jimmy Butler is going to have a good game. Yeah. The problem is his triple double price is 13 to 1 on DraftKings and 17 to 1 on FanDuel. Now, I get it's playoff Jimmy, and I get that he's had a couple of big games. How many triple doubles did he have in the season? Like one? Uh, he had one, but there's like multiple games. He had multiple he games where he finished like, with like nine and yeah. one stat or something. But I think one of those games was against the uh, Atlanta Hawks, I think. I'm just saying, was... though, like 17 to one for a guy that had one triple double in the entire season, I think is a ridiculous price. Like, I think that's an insane price. I do think Bowers going to have a good game. I think I'd probably lean more to points than anything else. I'm not sure he's going to get the assists. I think that's kind of the problem Butler might run into. I maybe wouldn't mind Jimmy rebounds, but I wanted to bring it up because I'm sure a lot of people want to make a case for Jimmy triple-double where he has himself a 25 and 12 and 10 type game. Do you think 17 to 1 is actually decent odds? Because based on how he's done in the regular season, that number sounds offensive and it should be closer to like 30 to 1 if we're going based on actual probability. Yeah, probably about 25 to 30. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm so, Butler, I thought maybe... What, I'm trying to build thought, one and see. Yeah, I thought maybe he'd have a shot at one, but based on the odds alone, I'd recommend not taking Butler triple-double because, simply put, it's not worth it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But to go through any player props that I actually do like, I have to at least bring up the fact that Trey has really not shot the ball well for the last couple of weeks. His point total is 24 and a half, which does sound a bit low for a guy that's going to have a lot of volume. I think I'm going to lean under anyway, just because of how underwhelming Trey has been with his shot and the fact that Miami historically has given him serious problems. But to go through the actual uh, numbers here for Trey over the last couple of games here. So he had a 27 and 20 game against Philly, but mm -hmm. Philly, I don't think was act Philly didn't actually care in that game. That's why Atlanta was favored, and they still lost the game. But I'm going to toss that one out because Philly didn't use any actual like quality players in that game. They played Washington. He had 25 and 16. Washington hasn't exactly been doing much for a while. They played Dallas. He had 24 and 12. But before that, he had 10 points against Brooklyn, a Brooklyn team that was actually trying, and that's pretty good at defense. Had 16 points against the Cavs. He had 28 points against Memphis. Okay. Had 14 points against Indiana. The point is, I just think that Trey's offense, especially his shooting, has really let him down for the last couple of weeks, at least against teams that are competing for something. Once again, he faced off against uh, a G League squad in Philly and another bad team in Washington that's not playing for anything, so I'm not going to overreact to that. But based on how well Miami's defended Trey, I am tempted by the under with his points, and I'm hoping he doesn't go to the line 10 times. Okay. <clears throat> I was just building out some same game parlays with Jimmy Butler as a triple double. Uh, and so on DraftKings, you could get it at 25 to 1 with 25 or more points. Does that and add in the first quarter, uh, like two plus rebounds, two plus assists, or no? You can uh, no, occasionally I, add that and get a couple yeah, yeah. extra. Um, I just made the I just built the triple double for the full game. Uh, twenty five okay. to one at uh, DraftKings, and then twenty eight to one on uh, Fanduel. And then if you just want to bring the assists down, I think that's the one we're concerned about. Uh, if you bring it to eight assists, you get eleven close to eleven fifty plus eleven fifty on Fanduel, and then on DraftKings it comes down to around twelve to one. Yeah, unfortunately, DraftKings does not have first. A quarter, quarter yeah. rebounds and assists posted because you you can occasionally add those to get a couple extra because if he's going to get there, yeah, he's yeah. probably going to have like three and three in the first quarter. Yeah, so makes sense. If you want to get some extra, you maybe could push it hopefully to 28 to 1, 30 to 1. Mm -hmm. Maybe that I'd consider. Maybe. Yeah. But I'm not taking any of the de facto prices available for triple-double. Because you just prove you can get a much better number. And two, the prices alone for that triple-double market are not worth it. Yeah, I agree. Um, the player props that I was looking at, um, Sadiq Bay over one and a half three-point shots made here uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. He's had pretty good success against this uh, Miami Heat team shooting the three ball. 
the two games that he's played with Atlanta against Miami, he's been um, sorry, he shot three of five and then four of eight. And then his days with Detroit, there's two games where he didn't get there. We was only one of three and one of nine. But prior to that, four of eight, three of six, three of 10, four of 15. And that's at even money right now. Uh, over on DraftKings, over one and a half threes for Sadiq Bay. Like I mentioned, that the he's allowed the third most three point makes um, this season, and that was down there. I think with like the Rockets, and I think the Spurs were the other team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the other one I was gonna dig a little more into was John Collins' uh, points over eleven and a half. Um, another player that's had pretty good success against the Heat. Uh, as far as scoring the basketball, kind of just going through his numbers. In 19 career games against the Miami Heat, he's averaging 16.3 points. Just to kind of read off what he's done over his last several games. Uh, This goes back to 2021. So 34, 17, 20, 16, 16, 15, 23, 14. Had a game where game where he only played 16 minutes and scored three points, but then the last game on March 6th in 20 minutes he scored 17 points. So maybe looking at that as far as uh, player props in this game. Uh, anything else for this game, guys, that you want to get off your chest here? I know guys are chiming in with um, some plays in the chat. KW franchise agreeing about Trey Young points under 24 and a half. Um. I think that's that was about it. Anything else for this game? Yeah, I like his assist over Trey. He's had uh, he's over nine and a half and five of the last seven. And you get plus money on it. It's plus one fifth. I see a plus one fifteen, one seventeen, uh, one twenty. So if you shop around, you can get some nice plus odds on that. And if the game script plays how how it has been since um, since Trey's been playing against the team, he's going to be more off the ball. Uh, going to put the ball more into Jante Murray's hands, which is why. You want to probably want to pivot to his points and not Trey's because, you know, how much success that they've had shutting down Trey. So I think that he'll be more of a distributor rather than a scorer. So I like I, I like to assist a lot. I was looking at uh, last one before we move on here. Uh, Bam blocks and steals combined. One and a half is at minus 160. But if you're oh, able wow. to find, yeah, if you're able to find a two and a half, you kind of just go through his game log. Um. He's been crushing in general the, or against Atlanta in particular. Against Atlanta. Okay. Um, three steals, one block, one steal, two blocks, three steals, three blocks, one block, two steals, one steal, one block, three steals, one block, zero, zero. But then he had games of three blocks, three steals, one block. So he's been he's been getting over this number consistently. Almost I think at I want to say about 90%. I'm gonna kind of go through it for the his entire career. And tweet it out or drop it in the Discord. Uh, let me write that down before I forget. But uh, if, if you want to ignore the steals, by the way, you can get uh, him to record a block at minus one fifty. He's had at least one block and four straight against Atlanta in the regular season. He's had at least one block in six of the last seven yeah. against Atlanta. So if you want to ignore the steals, or maybe the book that you have doesn't give you a combo defensive prop, you can mm. just take blocks alone at minus one fifty. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's the only rim protection that they have, and with the length yeah. that the Hawks have, he's gonna have to block some shots. He's gonna. That's why I like his PRE because he's gonna have to do it all on the glass. He probably could go for, you know, eleven plus rebounds. Yeah. All right. Do you have any uh, thoughts on Kevin Love's role in this game? Because I saw his point totals at like seven and a half. How long is he even supposed to play in this game? Yeah, that's the only question. Right? Like how many minutes is he actually yeah. going to get? In this game, that's all. So Bogdanovich's thing. number was also pretty low, but he's missed. Yeah, the last I, I like I like Bogdanovich, but I, I was it, it was too juiced when I seen. It. I think it was like one twenty five when I seen it. First points. Yeah, this was last night though. I was what looking num- at his what number do you remember from last night? Um, I think it was twelve and a half, if I'm not mistaken. I see eleven and a half. The over is one twenty. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I like it. He he's gonna have to hit some threes. I mean, I haven't seen his recent success against the Heat. Uh, but I would imagine, but his role's kind of diminished since Sadiq's been there. Sadiq's been yeah. playing more um, of the small ball uh, for uh, him and Collins. Both have been, you know, kind of out of some minutes. But I'll be interested to see how Snyder plays it. I also realized, uh, Delonte, for the jokes, are we taking Kyle Lowry under yes. seven and a half points at even money? Yeah, I thought that, that's that's what uh, that's the system play, like Rose is. 
<laughs> I don't even know how many minutes Lowry's uh, gonna right. play because he's been banged up for the entire year, and we said he was questionable before, right? Yeah. Like, how many minutes is he going to play? They're better off without him. We've said this several they times. They are. Yeah. Struzan, uh, Struzan, Vincent are better. I want to look at the game log here for Lowry, not even just against Atlanta, just in general to see his points. Uh, had zero points last game. Uh, had 11 against Philly. Had 11 against Detroit. Six against Dallas. Six against Toronto. Three against Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, I think I got to be on the under seven and a half for Lowry because I just don't think he's going to have much of a role on this team. I think the only one that I would look at for Kyle Lowry is probably steals. You're, about, you're talking about an over for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, okay. as for, if you want to bet an over for Kyle Lowry, I, probably, I think the only like, thing I would look at is steals. Um, it is minus 135 for him to get one, but he's done it against his Hawks team. But again, it's just kind of going to come down to how many minutes he's actually going to play. Yeah, I just don't know how many um, shot attempts he's going to take. Like, there's a there's a chance that Lowry maybe makes seventy five percent of his shots, but he only attempts four shots in the entire game, and he finishes three for four with six points. Like, I don't think there's enough volume for Lowry, and he's questionable, so he really might not have much of a role anyway. I think I am only to Lowry under seven and a half at even money. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue against it. Uh, all right, guys, uh, before we get to the second game of the night, let me tell everyone about uh, what am I telling you about? Sword Vitality. Self-care is cool. Self-care is manly. Be proud of taking care of yourself. 40% of men are affected by impotence at the age of 40 and nearly 70% of men are affected at age 70. Stop buying highly suspect pills in gas stations. No more hiding that little blue pill in your sock drawer. You manscape, but do you also take care of the plumbing? Sword Vitality helps increase your blood flow in ways that help you thrive as a man. It's time to become a Sword Vitality man if you aren't experiencing erections in the morning. Talking about Sword Vitality should be as comfortable as anything else men talk about with their partners. You hike, you love watching football, you use Sword Vitality. There's really three main benefits when you use Sword Vitality. Uh, it increases blood flow in ways that help you thrive as a man in the bedroom. Sword Vitality can help increase your stamina. You don't have to hide it. You can be proud of it. Unsheath your sword. Visit swordvitality.com and use promo code SGPN for a nice discount at checkout. That's swordvitality.com, promo code SGPN. And Ross, we're brought to you by Talkify. Life is full of what if. So what if you try something new when it comes to dating? Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. What if they help you find what you're looking for? Are you having a hard time meeting uh, great people to date? Why do you always keep trying the same methods over and over if you know you're setting yourself up to fail? It's time to say goodbye to swiping and bring back human touch to dating with Talkify. Confidence is always a key when it comes to dating, but if you've struggled to find worthwhile connections, it can be difficult to feel your best when meeting new people. With Talkify, you feel confident that you're meeting someone special who has who was handpicked just for you. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialist hand-selects successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking all those tough questions that are sometimes too awkward to talk about on those first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date, introductions, and handles all the communication for you so you don't have to worry about all of that. They create a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches and right now talkify is offering our listeners 20 percent off when you become a client at talkify.com slash sgpn that's t-a-w-k-i-f-y.com slash sgpn for 20 percent off when you become a client that's talkify.com slash sgpn all right, guys, let's get over to the last game or the second game of the night. That's going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are visiting the L.A. Lakers in the 7-8 matchup in the Western Conference to determine who will be the seventh seed. Um, currently, this line is all the way up to eight and a half 
for the LA Lakers at home here. Total is now up to 232 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report, everybody is pretty much a go for the um, LA Lakers. For the Minnesota Timberwolves is where it gets obviously interesting. So we know that Rudy Gobert is suspended for this game by the Minnesota Timberwolves. He will not be playing in this game. Jaden McDaniels, we know, broke or fractured his right hand because he was frustrated. Nas Reed continues to be out. Carl Anthony Towns is officially listed as questionable on the injury report. And then Jalen Noel is also questionable uh, on the injury report. We talked about Luca Garza yesterday, but he is going to be out for this game. <laughs> Garzilla? The, wow. Uh, Luke Garza, yeah. Um he is in a or sorry, he is on a G League contract on a two-way contract. He's officially out. Uh guys, let's start with the spread here. Scott, lead us off on the side here. Minus eight and a half in favor of the LA Lakers hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves. So everyone's gonna take the Lakers because Minnesota's got no players left <laughs> besides uh you know, besides Kyle Anderson and of course Anthony Edwards. But uh, you're looking at the problem I have with the Lakers. It's the fact that we saw them end up winning the games they needed to down the stretch. And we saw LeBron crown himself the <laughs> king after they let the G League Utah Jazz hang around for joke. about 56 minutes. Like, I didn't think they looked that impressive in the game. And of course, LeBron finished with like 36. But. The point is they have let some teams hang around longer than they should. So that does concern me a little bit, but again, it's also a playoff game, so you're expecting LeBron and AD and everyone to bring it because they have a lot of experience in the playoffs. Minnesota's team has some experience from last year, but not much because they ended up losing in six to to, uh, Memphis in a series they probably should have won in five. That's how bad they were down the stretch in those games. But... Do I think eight and a half is too many points? Because a part of me feels like Minnesota's punting this, doesn't it? Like, Cats listed as questionable. They're suspending Gobert for a game. Doesn't it feel like they're kind of just looking at this game saying, we'll get the next one? Isn't it like a weird type of approach? It's how it it looks, doesn't it? I don't know if they want to... Oh, no, go ahead, Moonoff. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I don't know if they want to play either uh, New Orleans or OKC. Um, I'm not sure so, they do either, but I'm just throwing it out there. Like Minnesota's handling this game like they really don't want to be the seven. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see your point. I, I don't know. I, I I think it's a little weird. I think I'll go contrarian here. I think I'll lean Timberwolves because I just think eight and a half is too many points. And I'm still not sold on the Lakers defensively. They've been better lately, but we'll see what happens. But the concern that I have is going to be the free throw shooting and the points in the paint. Because without Gobert and without Reed, and you mentioned Garza, I know we're half joking, but <laughs> how many centers do they actually have on their team now? Um, zero point zero. Like I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, Towns, I guess, but he's questionable, so he might play. But once again, you don't even know how effective he's going to be. It's really not a great spot for Minnesota because in addition to missing all your centers, basically, you're against the Lakers team that is number one in free throw attempts by a wide, wide margin. Uh, like, Do I think the Lakers could kill them? Yeah, they could. But I feel like Minnesota is going to hang around a bit in this game. I think the Lakers win. I'm not picking Minnesota to pull off the upset. I'm not crazy. But I think that the Lakers could win this game by like five or six. I think it'll be close. But I'm going to lean Lakers. I am going to lean to the under. I'm going to stick with the unders, which have been effective and profitable in these play-in games. This number at 232.5 feels a little bit high to me. I think a lot of it's inflated because of the Lakers' pace in the regular season. It's the playoffs. It's going to slow down. I think LeBron's going to be more methodical. My favorite play is the under in this game because there's a couple ways to get there if Minnesota just doesn't show up offensively. But I'm going to lean under, and I'll hold my nose and lean Minnesota. It's mostly just fading the public. The public's all over the Lakers, and I'm not afraid to take a stand. 
Yeah, I mean, this almost feels like it's going to be like a five, six, seven point victory for the LA Lakers. I mean, you they'll take be up look- by double digits. They'll let Minnesota go on a run to cut yeah. it to five and they'll win the game. Like, I feel like yeah. I've seen this movie before. It's, I think it's going to be something similar to what we saw against Utah in their last game of the regular season for the Lakers. Um, they typically don't win by margin. And I think, I think the one thing that could concern me or does concern me is that you talked about the lack of centers that the Minnesota Timberwolves have that if Carl Anthony Towns does get into foul trouble trying to guard Anthony Davis, then it's just going to be easy buckets for the LA Lakers all night. I got to look this up though. I got to see what centers they actually even have at this point. Cause they, (laughs) since you mentioned guards and not being there, he was their backup or backup backup for part of the season. So yeah, are they basically down to a fifth string center? Because it kind I mean, of feels that way. Like who's on the bench? I don't even know. That's the I mean, point. I, I gotta check. I gotta actually check this. Yeah, I, I, mean, I got it up. I got it up right now. Let me see if I can. Just I don't think they the have one. They don't have one, bro. They don't, they just have, don't one. have one. Yeah, they because one. I, I'll read you. I'll read you their their bench. So it they have Wendell Moore. He's a he's a I guess a combo guard. They have. Um, Josh Min, uh, Minna, he's a forward. I guess he's a backup. Yeah, he's center. six foot eight. So, that, yeah. I don't so they got counts. him. They got Matt Ryan, uh, who's okay. obviously not. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin, who is not. They have uh, Nathan Knight, who's a forward slash center. He is six eight, so okay. undersized center. Um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Austin Rivers, yeah. Torian Prince. Okay. That's it. So That's they got nobody. nobody. Okay. Yeah, nobody. That does hurt, yeah. and it kind of goes against what I just said for the Timberwolves covering, but who knows? Maybe going small helps them. Who knows? Yeah, I mean... Um, According to Ed, yeah, like, 89% like that, of the money's on the Lakers, by the way. Yeah, then that's the one thing that does concern me, right? So I think that's like the only reason, like you mentioned, Scott, just fading the public. Let's take the T-Wolves plus the 8.5. Um, I, I obviously do think the Lakers will win the game, but I mean, like you know, you mentioned, Scott, should be a five, six, seven point victory for um, for the Lakers. They don't care about how much money. Uh, they don't care. Yeah, it's just winning win your advance, right? Win the game. Yeah, so. and that's just what it is. So uh, I'm on the Laker. Uh, sorry, I'm on the T Wolves here as well at the plus eight and a half. Delonte, what are you thinking for this game? Listen, man, I think the Wolves can win this game. I think I really do. Uh, Nobody believes in us. That too. But yeah. the thing is, so they have to do a few things to to win. Okay, so even with Gobert. AD dominated. He had 38 points um, in the game. Like, I, I mean, I, they're not going to have an answer for for him. He On had the bright side, AD Gobert. dominates Gobert every time they play. So Gobert right. so, not so, being in the lineup is actually not that terrible. Right. So case. the thing is, they have to protect the ball. They're 27th in turnover percentage offense. The good thing about that is the Lakers are 29th in turnover percentage defense. So they're not going to force turnover. So if they can limit the basically like the throwaways and the the travels and the, they do a lot of well go it's mostly go bear but like in the screen game they get a lot of offensive fouls off of screen so if they can limit that along with keeping cat out of foul trouble they have to keep him out of foul trouble because once he goes out i don't know what i don't know what they're going to do um and even with go bear so basically the offensive yeah. rating is like five points higher without go bear on the floor so it's 113.8 when he's on the floor 118.1 when he's off the floor. And I know people are talking about his defense. Well, the defensive rating is somewhat the same uh, with and without him. So that's not much of a difference, especially in this matchup when we just went over Anthony Edwards pretty much owns him. I mean, Anthony uh, Davis pretty much owns him. So not going to be able to stop AD with or without Gobert. My thing is, I think that Anthony Edwards and Mike Conley can control the game. So they have to... They're comfortable playing at a slower pace, but they're going to have to want to push the tempo to get these guys running. And, I mean, I'm going to have to do it up in that game. Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson are going to have to play probably the game of their lives if they want to pull this off. So I trust Kyle Anderson. I'm not sure about Torian Prince. He's kind of up and down. But Is the I game at MSG? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I was going to say, if it was at MSG, maybe he'd go like eight for eight from three. Yeah. But unfortunately, so, yeah. I don't think so. And then the other thing that they have to do is they got to keep the Lakers off the free throw line. Lakers second second in free throw rate offense. Minnesota fouls a lot. 29th free throw rate yeah. defense. So they got to keep them off the line. 
I mean, LeBron and AD, they're going to get theirs. It's just the other guys. You got. You can't let Austin Reeves have 20, 20 plus. You can't have Russell go for 20 plus. You just got to limit some of those other guys. So I think that they can do that. I think that Finch can he, – he's going to have something constructed to where uh, these guys are in good position to be able to win this game in the end. So I'm going to bet Minnesota plus eight and a half and sprinkle on the money line. I'm expecting Anthony Edwards to have – 30 to 35 points. Uh, he struggled the last few games against uh, the Lakers. He had 11 and 19 on 11 of 30, 32 shooting. So he has to be due for a big a big game. He has to play well. If he doesn't have 30 plus, they're going to probably lose by 10 plus. So um, give me the Minnesota, uh, and I'm going to sprinkle on the money line for it. I don't know how to feel that you said Minnesota should play faster with Mike Conley controlling the pace. I don't know how to feel about that one, but I don't think you're wrong. I mean, my, my thing is, like, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, but they you got to think, like, they have to because if they just sit there and play half court, that's that's playing into the Lakers. Oh, no, you're not wrong. It's just the fact that an older Mike Conley is going to have to try to play up-tempo. I think that's a little bit of an, of an oxymoron, but you're not wrong. Yeah, man. So. Uh, let's get over to the total, guys. That number, I know, Scott, you already mentioned under 232.5. Delonte, what do you feel about the total? Yeah, I love the under. I think it's way too high. I think it should be mid-220s. Mid um, both teams have been playing really good defensively, top 10 defensive rating over the past month. Um, and, I mean, even without, like I said, I read off the numbers without Gobert. People think it's going to be a drastic drop-off. I don't think it is. Um, we've seen them play better defensively. Whenever Anthony Edwards switched on to Brandon Ingram, I don't know if you guys watched that game, but like Edwards is like a really good defender, but he just doesn't try a lot. Um, yeah. He probably preserves a lot of his energy for offense. But when he was on Brandon Ingram, he pretty much limited Brandon Ingram to what he was doing. Brandon Ingram was doing whatever he wanted on Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince. But when Anthony Edwards got on him, he forced a few turnovers, made him take some bad shots. So I'd be interested to see if Finch, you know, puts him on maybe a you know a LeBron or or whoever. Um but I think both teams struggle offensively. I think it's gonna be a rock fight. Uh I wouldn't be surprised if it's you know borderline like 105, 104 type game. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm I'm the under here as well. I think this number continues to keep climbing throughout the day and maybe get a better number closer to game time. Um I, again like we mentioned that all the money's really coming in on the Lakers from the public and on the over here, obviously, as well. And I think that, you know, Scott alluded to it earlier in the in the podcast or in the, in the episode that traditionally we've seen these playing tournaments go under the total. So um, especially when it gets to that fourth quarter where I think it really turns into a rock fight, mm -hmm. that the pace really, really does slow down. And then, you know, we'll see the uh, defensive intensity up for both of these teams. Um, so, yeah, under 232 and a half. I I want to keep waiting and see if this number keeps climbing and, and come in and get a better number on the under. Um, let's get into some player props here. Delonte, lead us off. Any player props that you do like in this game? Yeah, man, I got a couple. Uh, I like Cat over two and a half threes at plus money. You can get plus 115, plus 117. Um, I like Conley over 14 and a half. To my point, as far as the pace, they got to be able to push it a little bit more, so he's going to have to score a decent amount. I think he's over in five of the last seven games or five of the last six games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, LeBron, over 15 and a half rebounds and assists. I think he'll be more facilitator to start, and then when they need him to score, he'll score. But I think he'll have uh, double-digit rebounds and assists in this game. So I also will sprinkle on his triple-double. Um, I forgot what the number is. I mean, I'll look that up while uh, you and Scott give out. For who? Uh, LeBron? LeBron, yeah. It's around like eight and a half to one, nine to one. Yeah, play a little bit of piece of money on that. Okay. Scott, player props. So I agree with the LeBron triple-double angle. My only concern would be rebounds when you're going to be using – or I mean, assists, you can argue he might not get there, but I'm assuming he'll have the ball in his hands all the time. So he might get there. It's the rebounds because you still have Davis. You still have Vanderbilt. You have a couple of good rebounding bigs there. So maybe LeBron doesn't fully focus on rebounding. But I think there's value on the triple-double just based on the fact that Minnesota really doesn't have anyone who can guard him at the moment because McDaniels was their best perimeter defender, and now he's out. So I think LeBron's got value there. I'm pretty high on Kyle Anderson in this game. I'm not saying that him and LeBron are both going to get triple doubles, but I do think that he's going to be in line for a pretty big role in this game because McDaniels is out. And when you're looking at what Minnesota is supposed to do offensively, they're going to need Anderson to play 40 minutes. Like they don't have enough small forward depth 
to not let Anderson, who's one of their best players, not play a bunch of minutes. So the workload should be there for him. I see Anderson triple-double at like 15-1. to I'm trying to see if I could find a better price if I just plug it into the actual uh, same-game parlay calculator and do it that way. Uh, So just give me a second. I'm going to see if I could find it. But the point is, I think there might be value on Anderson to have a big game too. We've seen him be a good facilitator. We've seen him be a pretty good rebounder. And now with them having no centers, I think Anderson rebounds is probably worth a look. That's probably my favorite prop for him. I like Kyle Anderson rebounds. Uh, Yeah, I was looking at some type of defensive stats for Kyle Anderson as well. Um, I'm sure his blocks are going to be one and a half. I found Anderson triple-double at 25-1 to in the same game parlay calculator for DraftKings. That I don't necessarily mind. For a guy who, once again, should play 40 minutes and he really does not have much competition for a role because... McDaniels is out now, so Anderson's going to have to play a bunch of minutes. 25-1 to 1 for a team that has no center, I think Anderson should get the rebounds. So yeah. I don't mind potentially just taking a player prop on rebounds only for Anderson. I like his assist a lot, too. That's what I'm saying. I think, so I think yeah, double rebounds double makes sense, 25-1. to 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would sprinkle on that and then just take his assist and rebounds to go over. Yeah, that's a good call. What do you uh, think about his um, scoring? Like, I think he's going to be focused. I think he's going to be locked in defensively. So I'm not sure how much he'll even look to score. That's what I'm really worried about. If you take out the points uh, on DraftKings and you keep the 10 plus assists and 10 plus rebounds, it's still 19 to one. Okay, that's fair. I like that. Um, yeah, I would look at yeah rebounds and sorry yeah rebounds and assists are at 13 and a half here tonight for Colin. Um, plus or sorry, minus one twenty-five on that. Uh, all right, what else, guys? Anything? Uh, any other player props you guys like in this game? Um, well, I plugged in the right. Anderson triple double oh, into okay. FanDuel. I found thirty to one. You take the points out; it's twenty-four to one. What is um, Anthony Edwards thirty-five plus? Okay, Edwards. You want that mixed in with a parlay with? No, no, just just straight, straight okay. just straight. Uh, so Edwards thirty-five plus points is I see three seventy on Fanduel. Mm, I was hoping and to get like DraftKings has yeah about three sixty. Mm, yeah, okay. that's kind of short. It is. I, I think that should be closer to like four and a half or five. Yeah, yeah I can't take that. Um, Gilbert asking, what do we think about Anthony Edwards or Davis? It's a good question. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, Gilbert, you got to clarify which which Anthony you're talking. Well, I mean, about. I think AD is going to. He means uh, Ant, if I had to guess. But yeah. yeah, I mean, either way, like Anthony Davis should have a monster game if he doesn't have twenty eight uh, and fifteen. Yeah, I was looking uh, at his rebounds at thirteen and a half. That's a but big number. Kyle Anderson, Kyle Anderson does do a good job of boxing out, like fundamentals, like mm-hmm. boxing out and keeping guys off the glass. So, did nine rebounds in 37 minutes against New Orleans last game, and he was focal in uh, stopping Valanciunas because Valanciunas was doing whatever he wanted on Gobert, like whatever he wanted. He was talking about Anthony Edwards. What's his points prop? I think it's 27 and a half. It's like 27 and a half, 28 and a half, give or take. I see 27 and a half and minus 115 on the over. They bumped it up. It, it, it's usually like 24, 20, 23 and a half, 24. Well, the argument's volume because they're expecting yeah. him to chuck the ball 25 times. And he hasn't Minimal. had success against the Lakers. Yeah. Um, so if he's locked in, man, he's like he's got to score 35-plus for them to win, and that's what I'm banking on. All right, guys, let's get into our lock and dog for tonight. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off, man? Lock and dog for tonight. All right, I just want to quickly shop around to make sure I have the best odds available. But I think I am actually going to go back to Kyle Anderson. Uh, You mentioned the rebounds plus assists Mm -hmm. at like 13 and a half, I believe. Yeah. I'm going to take the over as my uh, lock there. Anderson's going to have to embrace a bigger role, either with the ball in his hands or even just on the glass because they have no centers or they have towns who might be compromised. It's also a matter of the fact that he was the one who indirectly caused Gobert to get suspended. Maybe he 
you know, takes a little extra responsibility. There's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder to prove something that he's ready to go for this game. Once again, I'm kind of grasping at a couple of straws, maybe thinking about some extra motivation or maybe Anderson's going to make sure that he does whatever he can to potentially avoid people blaming him for the reason why they might lose this game. I think Anderson <laughs> rebounds and assists definitely is worth a look, and I'm going to take it as my lock. Uh, looking at the price, the best price available right now is minus 125. I'm going to take the over. I just think for a guy who should play 37-plus minutes, maybe 40-plus minutes, and for a guy that we know can get double-doubles with either assists or rebounds, I think he might get a triple-double. So if you're going to give me 13-and-a-half for rebounds and assists, and he might get you 11 rebounds or even maybe 10 assists, I'm going to take the over. So give me Kyle Anderson, rebounds and assists, over 13-and-a-half at minus 125 as my lock. And your dog? For my dog, I'm going to go back to the jokes. Give me Kyle Lowry under seven and a half points at even money uh, just because I'm going to have a hell of a time rooting for it. But no, in reality, Lowry's banged up. We've mentioned several times the Heat are better without him. I don't know how many minutes he's going to play. It was a meaningless game against Orlando in the final game of the season, and he only played 10 minutes. He attempted one shot in the entire game, and he missed it. It was an ex- it, The game didn't matter, but the point is, it, even if Lowry plays 20 minutes, I don't know how many shots he's actually going to take in this game. So if Lowry only attempts three or four shots, there's still a very good chance he goes under. And they still got Struess. They still have Vincent. They got Hero. Butler might play point guard for a couple of minutes in this game. Give me Kyle Lowry under seven and a half points at even money as my dog. Okay. Uh, Delante, what do you got? All right, man, for uh, my locks, they're all like underdogs for the most part. So I'm going to try to get with a total. I think it's the first time I ever gave out a total as a lock. I'm going to go under uh, the 232. Was it 232 and a half in the Lakers in Minnesota? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so give me under that. Um, We literally just went over it, so I'm just not going to, you know, regurgitate that. Uh, As for the dog, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Got to put my money where my mouth is. Sprinkle on the money line. Uh, Let's see what the best money line I can get is. Probably wait till game time because it's probably going to go up. But yes, uh, get like 310, 315-ish. Just shop around. I'll see 310, 312. If If anyone gets afraid, they could always just take an alternative spread and get like plus four, plus five if you're afraid to take the money line. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. So, um, yeah, I, I like Minnesota a lot tonight, man. All right. Uh, for my lock, I am going to go with the Wolves at plus eight and a half. I think that Lakers do win the game, but I don't think it's going to be by margin. I think in the realm of like four to six points to get this victory here tonight. Uh, for my dog, I was trying to put together Sadiq Bay two or more threes, and then bam, over one and a half blocks and steals. But uh, it's not letting me do it because they don't have – well, you know what? Let me see if FanDuel lets me do it. Um, But regardless, I think that Sadiq Bay over one and a half threes, that's at even money. I do like that. Uh, for tonight, you know, we talked about it, how he's had that success against the Miami Heat, knocking down those three-point shots. Um, and also how Miami Heat's a three-point defense was the third worst as far as makes allowed per game this season. So I think Sadiq Bey should be able to get the attempts and the looks, obviously, here tonight. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't put that parlay together, so maybe I'll tweet it out if um, if I'm able to find it. But uh, Sadiq Bey over one-and-a-half three-point shots made here tonight as my official dog. And then um, if you want to tag on... Bams over one and a half blocks and steals combined to that. Uh, I think that he definitely gets at least three here tonight in some form or fashion of blocks and steals combined. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA gambling podcast. We have the seven, eight matchups in both of the conference tonight. We'll find out who will play the Memphis Grizzlies and who will play the who's a two Boston 
in um, the Eastern Conference. So definitely looking forward to the uh, action here tonight. Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Uh, no, not really. I did notice that FanDuel added a certain specific type of prop that I'm sure a bunch of people chased during the playoffs. They have the largest comeback in all these games. Mm -hmm. So you can basically get a team to trail by X amount of points and then win the game. Any thoughts on the Lakers to trail by 10 plus and win the game at four to one? It's the NBA. We see teams go on runs back and forth. Like four to one's not bad. Minnesota's a good first quarter team, too. Saying, yeah, you know, Minnesota, the the, the league, I think. Yeah, they are. They are they're going to be, they're going to come out a bit smaller because Gobert's not around. Maybe they hit a couple threes. They go up 12 to two. Lakers win the game. Plus 400. Like, I don't, I don't mind that. You know, I, I feel like that prop might make people some money during the playoffs. The only thing is, man, I, I think the Lakers sleepwalk through this game. I really do. Yeah. But I'm saying, even right. if they do, Munaf and I, unlike you, still think they're going to win the game. So <laughs> I can afford if they sleepwalk for a half. That's actually good for me if they do that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Four to one, though. I don't mind that. That's yeah, fair. that's not a bad look. Uh, Dante, anything else? No, nah, man. I got. Uh... I got two SGP articles, um, same game parlay articles coming out. Got one today, one tomorrow for the play-in. So uh, that'll be up around this afternoon, I think, maybe around like two-ish. So, uh, so you have two SGPN SGP articles. There we go. Okay, cool. There we go. Yeah, so I got two of those coming. Um, so probably going to be like 10 uh, of my favorite player props just cropped from each game. So looking forward to uh, putting that out. And uh, good luck to everybody. Best of luck. Yep, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Scott and Terrell to handicap the 9-10 matchups. Uh, so looking forward to that at the usual time um, for the NBA pod. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Rishel Radio. Follow Delante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Don't forget to enter the contest on the SGPN app. It's an NBA Playoff Survivor Challenge. Winner gets $250 in cash and a $100 SGPN gift card. It's completely free to enter, but it's only on the SGPN app. So make sure to get in there, guys. Uh, if you haven't already left us a rating and review, now, now would be a great time. We wrapped up the season. Whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, wherever you may listen to us, uh, do us a favor and uh, leave us a rating and review. And last but not least, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are ever so close to getting a thousand subscribers. So hopefully we can get that done by the end of the playoffs um, for our YouTube channel. All right. Uh, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.